from going to bed hungry because the family had very little money for food to growing one of his first businesses to over 40 million in revenue and having an eight-figure exit. My guest today knows what it's like to struggle and knows what it's like to succeed. And he's going to share that information with you. His name's John Donges. And I met John because we do some strategic partnerships with a company he's currently involved with called Strategic Marketer. Uh, But John has had many other businesses in many industries. And on this episode, he's going to talk about what it's like to take a business from zero to $40 million, what the biggest roadblocks, stumbling points are, so that you know exactly how you can get there as well. Plus, you're going to hear his advice to someone that's just starting out or maybe on that path looking to get those first successes. This is a great episode uh, packed with powerful lessons from someone who has been there and done that, right? So you're gonna love this episode. So grab a cool drink, sit back, enjoy this episode of What's the Secret Podcast with John Donges. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha. My name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Hey, John, welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Great to be here. Everything's going well. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Like, uh, so Nick, my, you know, my business partner over at Offline Sharks, he's, he's like, man, you need to get John on the show. He's like, you're going to freaking love it. He gave me some questions to ask you, which I'm going to ask you. Um, but just for listeners uh, that maybe don't know John, I'm going to just kind of tell you kind of how we ended up in the same circle. And then I'm going to let John tell you a little bit about he got how he got here. But so at Offline Sharks, we do some strategic partnerships with a company, Strategic Marketer, and John is one half of that company. And so we've done quite a few product launches, joint venture things uh, over the past few years uh, that have been really successful for both of us. And, you know, when it comes to running those those types of things and stuff, John is uh, really sharp, his, his business insight, his insights and in how to you know, keep the customers the main focus, uh, I really respect. So I'm excited to have them on here. We're probably going to talk about that, a few other things, but John, maybe you can kind of tell listeners uh, from your site, you know, like, give me some history. I don't know much about your history outside of strategic marketers. So tell me how you got there. Yeah, man, happy to. So, uh, you know, I, I like to sort of jokingly say, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, kind of a blessed hillbilly boy. Grew up uh, West Virginia in the state of West Virginia and, uh, you know, had a, what most would consider uh, a pot, really a, a kind of impoverished upbringing, um, you know, know what it's like to go to bed hungry, know what it's like to not have electricity or running water and uh, to do your laundry outside, uh, even when it's snowing. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to say that, um, you know, I wasn't born with a, a silver spoon. Um, in my mouth, but had an opportunity through some mentorship and some other people in my life, uh, that said, Hey, you know, there's really, you know, kind of 
there's more of an opportunity than this in life. There's so much more beyond what you know. And so doors sort of began to be open and, and mentorship happened from some just kind of amazing guys in my life. And uh, I got connected to an opportunity to go to college, which I never thought was going to be the case. And so, um, you know, wound up going to college. I, I, I was, I literally worked at Pizza Hut, McDonald's. I cut grass. I worked as a janitor at uh, the Holiday Inn to pay for the first year uh, of college. And, uh, and that's really where, you know, there was a pretty big turning point for me. And so it was at that point in time where, you know, I saw that, uh, that, that life could be somewhat of what I could make it. Um, and so really sort of threw myself into studies and again, more and more opportunities, uh, open themselves up and, you know, uh, wound up going to work for a mentor of mine down in Atlanta. He had built a software company from scratch. And so I was sort of working with him over the summer and, and, uh, he, he really sort of turned my mind into that, uh, uh, that, that business isn't necessarily bad because um, my perspective growing up was money was sort of an evil thing. You know, people that had money was kind of an evil thing because I didn't have it. I really didn't understand that it was just a tool. And so he was just such an amazing uh, person to, to show that money's just a resource in the hands of, of the person that it's given to. And so he really turned my perspective around, showed me that um, really kind of opened up my business acumen I was able to help him with his company and, and he was, um, very, um, very kind of driven to, um, open, open some doors. So make some phone calls. Next thing I know I'm back in college and I'm building, you know, fast forward kind of building one of the largest universities in the United States in parallel. I open up a credit card processing company. I start doing consulting. And so, you know, fast forward, I wind up moving to Florida to start another company, when which you sort of referenced already, which is where I ended up meeting David. And uh, as I was selling my last business, our families sort of got connected through church. And uh, we sort of got together, started chatting software. And uh, I came on, started consulting for him to help him, you know, turn around some of the software development side. and. Uh, and as I was exiting my business, he said, Hey, um, you know, would you consider stepping in to be a CEO and, 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 you know, looking at this as a partnership? So, you know, long story long, it's, uh, it's been, you know, certainly a journey of almost 20 years. And there's been some incredible people in my life that have kind of helped me navigate. But, uh, yeah, that's, and it's through that relationship that you and I got connected. Yeah. I mean, you, you said some great things in there that I definitely resonate. And with my journey, like, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. I lived way out in the country. You know, we used to get our power turned off all the time. Like, no, you know, we had a well, it used to always break, you know? And so, you know, growing up without money, I had that same kind of belief system, right? Like, oh, you know, the rich people were the jerks. They weren't, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate as well to run into some people that gave me some mentorship and helped me to help me kind of open my eyes to what was really out in the world, what was there. And, you know, and, and exactly like what you said, that money's a tool. It's, you know, it's not yeah. good or bad. It's just a tool. And depending on how you use it. And I, I know, you know, um, 
you know, you mentioned starting a couple of businesses and, uh, you know, it just sounds like, oh, business here, business there, you know, and I know you're a super humble guy, but like, you're like, I know one of your businesses, I'm not sure if it was your first, but I know one of them grew to like $40 million. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that first $40 million business. Like what was that? Was that the credit card processing? No. So I still, still have the credit card processing business. That's, that, that's still, still alive and well. Um, and, uh, that I think the company that, uh, that Nick is referencing was, uh, global health is a company that I started, which is actually what I came down to Florida to start. Uh Um, so I was actually out in your neck of the woods at a marketing conference speaking in Vegas. Um, it was a higher educate, higher education conference. And I was talking about some of the technology that we had built. So I built a, a lead scoring system and uh, partnered with, with Cisco to do some predictive dialing. And we had built a, a custom tailored CRM um, with, uh, with Microsoft at that point in time and, and, and really scaled up a, in essence, it was a call center, but it was much more than that for the operation of, of, of the university. And so we had a pretty intricate system. It was all about speed to lead. You know, how fast could you get to the to the inquiry first to kind of educate them and and uh, kind of qualify them uh, for for their their interest in in whatever degree that they had. And so we kind of built this pretty massive machine. Um, and so I was out there talking about that and, and kind of pulling back the curtain, if you will, when a lady had approached me um, and said, "Hey, there's a there's a lady down in in Palm Beach." Um, she just sold her company for a hundred million and would like to talk to you about a partnership and, uh, and starting this, this other company. And so I flew down and, uh, in a weekend we came to an agreement. I flew back and, um, you know, we wound up selling our house and I was living in a hotel for several months while my family was transitioning. We just had our second child at that point in time. Uh, and so things were a little chaotic, but but yeah, that's, that was sort of where it started. So that's, that was global health. And, and really what we did is something pretty unique. And in, in, in what I find is about businesses, Tom, you know, I get asked often, like, well, how, how are you in the services side and the technology side and, you know, um, in the B2B space? The reality I find is that if you, if you seek business principles, they can translate to any industry um, that you want to pursue, Right. So just like you and I were talking about customer excellence, customer experience, if you keep those things at the forefront of whatever business you have, ultimately, you're going to wind up more than likely positioning yourself very differently than everybody else in your space, right? Because you and I both know that there's a lot of people talk a game and then there's uh, very few people that try to back it up. And so, you know, caring about the customer is a, is a, is a cornerstone to what you can do to build any business. And so you, you kind of over my last 20 years, I've sort of built these principles and applied them similarly in every industry. And ultimately, you know, there's a level of success that comes with that. Right. So, um, you know, so that's what we did at, at, at global health was there was this model that was highly cash driven, whereas, you know, millions of dollars in marketing, right, to buy these leads to then follow up and then get them on the phone. And so there was this huge process. But what we did is, is kind of pivot the market where we went to where 
the best customers were. And at that point in time, they were individuals in healthcare systems and in, in, in higher education that had tuition assistance from hospitals and major medical facilities that needed higher education to continue to do what they wanted to do um, to grow in their, in their profession. And so what we did is we played both sides of the fence. So at Global Health, we went out and created several higher education relationships and we were an online enrollment management services company. So again, another services company, but we also built uh, a learning platform on top of it. And on the other side of the business, we had a biz dev sales team that would network in healthcare systems and medical facilities for people that needed high quality healthcare uh, education. And so we sort of bridged that gap. And I think there's, a, again, another principle there when it comes to bit, no matter what business you're in is, you know, are you just chasing what's easy? Or are you following the system that, um, that, that everybody else is doing? Or are you kind of finding your own way? And are you going where the customers are at and creating unique value? And that's really what we did. And so, you know, the idea was to build something that we could exit was sort of the original idea in five years. And so that's exactly what we did. It was, um, you know, it was, a, it was an eight-figure exit. And uh, ultimately, it was sold to one of the largest higher education uh, companies in the market. And uh, at that point in time, that's when I, I stepped out and transitioned into, uh, into something else. But, but I think there's some principles that no matter who's listening to this, you could take and apply to what you're doing. Because largely, that's what made us different than almost anybody else in that market. That's what made us very attractive as also an acquisition. I think there's all, a few really good things you, you said in there. One was structuring things from the get-go to sell. Like, you know, most people think like, oh, you just get an idea, you build this business and then somebody just swoops in and buys it. Like, and that's very rarely how it happens, right? Most of the time it's very intentional. There's strategy behind everything. Like you want to set things up in a certain way if you're going to sell. So I think that's a, a great tip for people as well. This episode of What's the Secret Podcast is sponsored by Offline Sharks. Offline Sharks, where website designers, social media experts, SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond, Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. One question I have to you about growing a business, you know, starting a business and growing it to 40 million is what do you think? Like, I guess this would apply to any business. Like, what do you feel like is the most difficult sales mark to get past? Right? Like, is it harder to go from zero to that first million? Is it, you know, is it going from, you know, five to 10, 10 to 20? Like in yeah. your experience, what's kind of been your, your experience with that? Yeah. So great question. And they, they all bring a different level of difficulty. Right. But, but I've found that the hardest place to scale for, um, is really sort of that five to 10 mark. Because once you get to 10, you really sort of have your structure at a place to where it's repeatably scalable. 
So normally what happens is, you know, you're um, zero to one, you're doing whatever you can to kind of get revenue in the door, you know, all things ethically, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> um, you're just, you're, you're grinding, you're hustling and you kind of sort of get to that million dollar mark. And then you start saying, okay, I can't do this alone. I got to start putting pieces around me. So you start putting pieces around you and that one to five mark, if you start now putting a project manager and a head of operations and maybe bring in a salesperson or a marketing person, um, you know, or even if we're talking agency language, you know, you're bringing in a VA or maybe it's a, it's an appointment setter um, or somebody joining the closing for you or account management, right? You're putting people around you in kind of strategic growth, growth areas that, that can kind of get you to that, you know, $5 million mark. Then what happens at that place is one to five is largely led by you kind of founder, owner, visionary. Then what happens from five to 10, typically founder, owner, visionary, CEO, president, whatever you want to call yourself, you kind of step out of that, right? And then it's a true test of, did I really groom up? You know, you just mentioned it before. Did I really set this business and the people around me up for success? Did I properly give them the vision that they can follow? And is, is my communication and leadership ability able to seat down through um, the culture that's been built? And now to the, you know, to the end, um, end user, if you will, inside the business. So customer support sometimes is the, there's a huge gap. Um, where that actually shouldn't be, right? That, because they become your mouthpiece. And so that's where, Tom, you find that if you can sort of get through the trench of building to the first million, and then you can put some good people around you to get you to five, now all of a sudden you're in a place where those people now need to take on your vision to lead the business where you can't. There's too much happening. So you really have to rely on, on their leadership. And then the question becomes, did I hire the right people, right? And now all of a sudden, you could put yourself into, which you and I have heard a lot of um, in some of the closed circle conversations we've had in, in masterminds and elsewhere, that, oh, I didn't, I hired somebody that was good at their job, but not necessarily a leader or manager, right? Like they got me there, but they can't scale us. And so that's where I usually find that, that people wind up um, uh, really struggling. Right, because then you start swapping out talent, and now the, the time and the energy and the effort to do that, and then you just start swirling and spinning. So, in in, in my perspective, I feel like if you can kind of get from that five to ten, now all of a sudden you know your ratios. You know, X number of customers means X number of support. X number of customers means X number of dev. X number of 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 team members means X number of directors or or vice presidents. And so you kind of have your model baked in at that point, you have leadership that's been established, you, you've been able to see that they can lead beyond your day to day efforts. And then at that point in time, it's all about now focusing on growth and cash flow to get to that next level. And you consider, you know, investments exiting, whatever the case may be. And that is that's awesome stuff. If you're listening to this, I'd recommend you rewind and listen to that whole section again, because there's a ton of great information in there. John, I want to ask you a couple of final questions. Number one is, uh, you know, you've been involved in a lot of different industries. You've been involved in a lot of different businesses. Um, what is one thing that you think maybe I should have asked you about that I didn't uh, that would benefit listeners? Mm. 
I would say, uh, you know, what would I say to, to the John of, of 15, 20 years ago? Right. Um, you know, that really has this, in, you know, this vision of, of I, I want to retire at a certain age and this perspective of, of retirement. Because I think when you're young and, you know, you want to make your first million after you, you know, maybe it's not even that. It's like you're young, you, you want to buy your dream car. So it's a Porsche or a Lamborghini or Ferrari, whatever that is. And you kind of get there and you realize, oh, okay, well, that's not fulfilling. And then, and then, you know, maybe you're a millionaire in assets, but not in cash. And then you get to a millionaire in cash and, and you sort of realize like, okay, well, now I'm in a place where technically, you know, I could retire. And so there's just, it just seems to be this sort of constant moving of the bar. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because for people like me and, and people like you, it keeps us motivated, keeps us driven. Um, you know, but what I would have re reminded myself of many years ago would have been to kind of enjoy the ride. I mean, I know Tom, that kind of sounds cheesy, but I have always been so focused on my craft and, and, and my team will constantly hear me say things like good, better, best <laughs> all the time. Like, you know, and return on time and, you know, what's the ROI on, on, on this activity and what we're doing and, you know, really talking about efficiencies and, and, and that's all good because that translates, but I wish I would have slowed down and, and really um, enjoyed the ride a little bit more, you know, through this journey, even th that business we were talking about, you know, I lost my dad and in, in that season and, and uh, instead of taking the time to process, I kind of doubled down, right. Cause I, I threw myself into something that uh, I knew I could sort of control and grow. Um, you know, my young ones, when, when, you know, um, probably about the, the 10 year mark ago, you know, I missed some key seasons there because I was so focused on the whole hustle, grind and build. And, you know, I want to achieve, 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 achieve. And, and so, you know, I just want to encourage anybody out there that's listening that if you're that driven, more than likely you're and you're out working everybody else around you, you're going to get there. Um, right. And I want to encourage you with that. It's not an if it's a win. If you're doing the things that nobody else is doing, you're going to get there. So, um, don't take for granted the moment. Don't take for granted the people that are supporting you along the way, you know, the, the spouse, um, you know, your children, your family, you know, take that vacation that you keep putting off. Um, because when you get to those milestone moments, um, you know, they're never as sweet as you, as you think they are. Right. Cause there's always something else there. And so Tom, if I, if I had, <laughs> if I had to sort of quantify it back to, you know, what would that lesson be? It would be some of those elements the last almost 20 years for me, um, you know, to be much better, be more present and, uh, enjoy the ride. That's awesome. Great, great, great advice great from me. And you can tell advice that comes from experience, right? Um, well, John, finally, where can listeners go to find out more about what you guys have going on over at Strategic Marketer? Yeah, so strategicmarketer.com. Uh, you can check out kind of what we've got going on there. Um, you can always follow me on Facebook, you know, John Donges, D-O-N-G-E-S. And, uh, you know, but ultimately, you know, I put a lot of my time and energy and effort these days in what we do there at Strategic Marketer. So you can always find me there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, listen, I really appreciate you being on the show. If you guys enjoyed this episode, go to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. And I will put links 
to follow John on Facebook and other links we mentioned in this show on the show notes page of this episode. So just go to TomGaddis.com, click on this episode. You'll find all that stuff there. Really appreciate you listening today. Stay safe out there, everybody. And I'll see you next week on another episode of What's the Secret Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.